0: Peter. episode of the Top 5 Report. Even through all the odds, this podcast knows that 60% of the time, it works every time. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother, Peter. Howdy. Um, We actually have a guest in the studio, in our palatial Top 5 Report studio um, this week. Um, Mary Liz, you want to say hi?
1: Hello, everyone.
0: (laughs) Um, The voice you're hearing is our friend, Mary Liz. She is a uh, fan of the show. She texts me constantly. Um, when I get uh, when she listens to a list that she's like "Ooh, I can do that because she plays the home game but the reason the big reason why we have her here is because we're talking Disney stuff for the next couple weeks and she is a massive Disney file so we'll um, we'll get into a little bit more of that later um and when we get to the list uh so uh but for right now uh let's do the show as normal if this is your first time listening uh we're going to cover what we were watching and reading in the moment then we'll talk some news and then it's time for the list at the end so uh peter what are we watching reading
2: (laughs) right uh so i i finished uh the center season two um and it was a season (laughs) it was <laughs> so. It was good. I actually liked it a lot. But there's, uh, I've heard a lot of mixed reactions about the season when I like talk to my friends and stuff. Um, because there's a couple twists in there that are just kind of very out of nowhere, and it like kind of, it's one of those things where it's like you think it's going one way, and it does surprise you. But then you're just kind of like, I don't know if I like the direction it ended up going. Um, but overall, I thought it was really good. It was a. Uh, this season focused on, like, a cult. Like, the murder mystery was based around this, like, cult commune that was outside of the small town. So I get really into cult stuff, and it seems weird, but just, like, thinking about, like... Uh, like, I've never been interested in joining a cult, but, like, the reasons why people get interested in that, like, really kind of captures my imagination. I don't know why. I just find it really interesting. So, so. I can't wait to really discuss Watchmen with you once that starts. <laughs> yeah, of, for sure. Of the Rorschach cult. Yeah, so. yeah, definitely. But, uh, no, I thought this season was good overall. It's one of those things where... Bill Pullman is the star of the show. He's a detective, and it seems like every season is about a different murder that happens, and he's kind of the guy who goes in and uh, tries to solve the mystery, and, like, in this case, it was actually the police department wanted him to stop investigating, but he just had to stick with it and solve this uh, happening and find out why everything happened the way it did. And uh, it's one of those things, since every season is kind of episodic in that way, Maybe season two wasn't as good, but I'm definitely there for season three because it might be even better. So, nice. Uh, I really enjoyed that one. Um, otherwise, I'm real. The other thing I watched that I loved was uh, Rocco's Modern Life: Static Cling <laughs> on Netflix. So was that, that the movie? Yeah, the well, oh. I guess it's considered a special more than a movie because. It's only like 45 minutes to an hour. Like No,
0: that's most, totally so. fine. I didn't know that came mm-hmm. out, so that is yeah.
2: now officially on <laughs> yeah. my I didn't know list that existed,
1: <laughs> now it's on my list.
2: Yeah, yeah, it came out this past weekend on Netflix. <laughs> Do it's you know a, when Invader Zim In comes out? Uh, this weekend. Oh, yeah, sweet. So, <laughs> so it's awesome. Wow. The look on Mary Louise's face right now, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> so this movie is... The plot of it, and I didn't even realize this, but at the end of uh, the original Rocco's Modern Life series... Rocco, Filbert, and Heffer, Heffer were, like, jettisoned into space on a rocket. Mm. And they spent the last 20 years in space on a rocket. <laughs> and this this movie uh, starts with them coming back to Earth, and everything's changed. You know, there's smartphones true, now. True there's all time travel. Tra- <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just... Uh, heifer and filbert like adjust to all these changes like so well like they love it but Rocco has a hard time adjusting to like this new modern world we live in and uh it kind of goes from there this is a special that's really goofy it's really silly but there's a really cool message to it and the message is really you have to embrace change like, change is going to happen whether you like it or not, and you have to flow with it because you're going to be a lot more happy, you're going to enjoy life a lot more, and it was really cool to see this message kind of portrayed in this cartoon. Um, The other thing is just, this felt exactly like the show. Like, it was exactly the same. It was like nothing had changed except the subject matter was about all these new, modern things. But otherwise, it was awesome because of how... I felt like it didn't skip a beat. It was just like what the show I used to watch. So, yeah, it's it's yeah. awesome. Highly recommend. <laughs> so. Well, I now I have to add that to the list along yeah. with Invaders in because mm-hmm. I didn't know that was coming. That
0: it's way, so. it's a so like my did, wife. Did you know that was coming at all?
1: I didn't know. Okay.
0: Did you? I, are, you a Mary, did watch, are you a Invader Zim fan?
1: I don't know if I'd say I'm a fan, but I definitely watched <laughs> it. But I, I mean, I think I was a lot younger when it was out than maybe you guys okay. so yeah. i watched it I, well i was definitely I, I was like, like yeah. i was
2: definitely older when it came out mm-hmm. and i loved it so. yeah um i was gonna say like Racco this Rocco's modern life special i watched it while my wife was preparing dinner one day so it's like it's a quick watch like you can definitely knock it out really easily so right on um
0: well i uh did you is that it pretty you? much yeah okay well i finished the black lanterns um the I was reading. Yeah. I was reading the Blackest Night Black Lanterns run. Yeah. Um, I finished it. Amazing. Um, if you've read the Blackest Night story arc DC did, definitely check. Like with all the side stuff they did for that, the Black Lanterns run was great. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then um, so now I jumped into another book. Uh, but I all I watched. Uh, Endgame came out mm-hmm. on Blu-ray, so that's gonna be on repeat for like a month in my house. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched some of the bonus features. There's one that definitely was a little tear jerky, it's called Remembering Stan. Um, I thought it was gonna be like more on him, like his life, his career, that kind of thing, but it was actually a whole bonus feature on Stan's cameos. Really, huh. some really, really cool things. I don't know if they... I honestly can't tell you if they covered every cameo because they bounced around a lot in different orders and just because they were trying to show a lot of the behind-the-scenes things with the actors yeah. and interacting on sets and stuff. So they bounced around, but it was real touching. It was a really cool
2: thing listening to Stan talk about being a part of the movie. That's awesome. It's um, um Think about that. It's like a really unique thing. Just think of the history of film. Like Stan Lee doing all those cameos, I feel like, is really unique. I can't think of any other time like there's like there's been stuff like that like alfred hitchcock appearing in all his films and stuff like that but i don't think there's ever been like somebody appearing that many times as a cameo as like a tribute sort of thing yeah it's just kind of interesting that that happened you know right um and then uh
0: batman hush came out on the dc's straight to dvd uh anime movies animated films they do um hush is my favorite batman story arc so i was really excited for this to come out um, there's some changes to the source material that they made. Like, the opening of the book starts with a hostage situation with Killer Croc as the villain. Well, they did the same setup, but they used Bane instead of Killer Croc. Okay, okay I'll let that yeah. go. Um, there's a scene where Huntress has to rescue Batman in the book. In the movie, it was Batgirl. Okay, I can understand the change. The only change that bothered me... Like, little stuff like that doesn't really deteriorate because the, the story, because when you look at the animated universe that DC's creating, there is a continuity. Yeah. Even though they're all separate and they're all telling their own stories, there is a visual continuity that exists. Um, so little changes didn't bug me, but there was a big change at the end of the movie that I was like, man, I really wish you would have hugged a little bit closer to the book, but I appreciate it for what it is. And it's probably one of my favorites of the animated films they've done. But I was really like, I, that's such a beloved story for me that
2: I was like, man, I wish you would have hung a little closer to the novel, you know. Right on. That, so. Yeah. I think uh, you saying that, it just makes me feel like we got to do that list at some point as like top five DC animated that's, films. Cause, and that's a, that's a long list. I don't know how many of those you've seen, but there's like... I mean, I've seen... It's like 30, definitely plus, it's like 30 s- plus movies. I haven't so. seen all of them. I feel like I've seen like probably 15 to 20 of them, though. So okay. I mean, I've seen a decent amount, right? I've seen enough to do five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. A little bit more than shark movies, luckily. So, <laughs> uh,
0: Mary Liz, have you watched anything new lately, or are you...
1: You know, I haven't. I don't um, make a ton of time to watch current things. Usually when I'm watching tv it's a uh, murder she wrote reruns that's kind of my uh go-to thing that's like pretty mindless but i've been playing something that's relatively recent um, okay fair it's an app you've probably maybe heard of it it's the harry potter Wizards oh, yeah. app or game yeah, so yeah you were basically... over here
0: playing at my dining room table the other day oh so. yes
1: <laughs> yes i was um Well, uh, it's pretty similar to Pokemon Go. It's been out for maybe like two months now. It definitely didn't catch on the same way that Pokemon Go did. Um, I don't know how many people are still playing it. They I mean, even I, I talked to... No, the Harry Potter oh, one, but either one. Yeah. Um, I know a Marvel couple
2: Marvel people show. that I work with who've played the Harry Potter one. I actually was, like, pretty excited about this, and it came out, and I never downloaded the app, and so, like, I feel like I still need to because I yeah. just I want to experience it. I don't know if I'll stick with it for the long term, but, like, I'm super interested in it. Yeah, so, like, it's
1: pretty fun. <laughs> you know, you cast spells. The whole idea is that you're, like freeing a lot of either, like, objects or people that are present in the books and the movies from this, like, calamity. It's got a decent storyline to it, and everything's familiar, and I like that they pulled um, a lot from the books, too. They didn't just do, like, movie characters, so there's, like if you're familiar with it, Peeves, who's a poltergeist yeah. in the books. Oh, that's like, awesome. You don't get to ever see a visual of him because he's not in the movies, but mm-hmm. he's in this app and he, you know, looks like this cute little jester and it's just... You, <laughs> is you, you it how know. you would have
2: imagined him looking or... Uh,
1: no, okay. <laughs> but uh, it's still cool to kind of see what whoever made, you know, I think Warner Brothers is behind the app, like how they thought of it. Yeah. And, yeah.
2: I feel like, and so like when I was, I've, it was so long ago since I've read the Harry Potter books, I feel like... I imagine Peeves as, like, a little, like, cherub baby, but, like, mm-hmm. a devil-looking one, and I don't know if, That's like... almost
1: exactly how I picture okay, him. Cool. Like, very small and kind of, like, floating around. Like, <laughs> I,
2: w- I yeah. was a little bit uh, afraid to say that description, because <laughs> I didn't know if it, like, directly contradicts, like, the actual destri- description of him in the book, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I heard that, uh... So, somebody was telling me that the port keys in this game are really, really cool the yeah. way
1: they work. So you, like, it's similar to in Pokemon Go how you had to, like, hatch an egg, so you have yeah. to, like, walk to unlock these port keys, and then once you unlock it, you essentially like quote unquote step into whatever um like world it is so yeah. the forbidden forest is one of them or like hagrid's hut and you're looking at your screen and if you're in public you look pretty silly because you're kind of <laughs> like you know moving your phone around and looking at it but it, it feels it's like, like you're a little in these portal places. you like walk yeah. through <laughs> yeah it, it does look really cool i
2: know somebody i work with was very excited about that whole thing and then i was like well that's not really how port keys work right.
1: and they're no, like they're well not.
2: yeah it's not but i mean it's <laughs> It's still really awesome so yeah
1: they they made it pretty cool i nice. think They're still playing it so
2: awesome
0: mm-hmm. awesome well anything else to add no okay cool you guys want to talk some news sounds good yeah all right we got a couple light stories and then um we'll uh run into our list so uh top of the list let's jump around the board a little bit so friends is celebrating a 25th anniversary mary friends. Viewer.
1: I watch it when it's on, but I never, I've never i definitely never seen every episode. Okay,
0: that's fair. Well, you can go see 12 episodes in the theater <laughs> okay. if you want. Uh, so three nights. Uh, you probably have to go to uh, fandango.com to find out the nights that they're doing this and what select theaters are being done. But 12 of the episodes are going to be shown in theaters in a three-night cycle. Um I just, crazy. Was, like, I, th- okay. th- I just thought that was like I I just thought that was kind of cool. They don't usually yeah. do this, so they're it's like twelve of like the most popular episodes are just going to be kind of lumped together. And
2: I don't know if they go mm-hmm. in a sequential order. That's what I was going to ask. Or do they go? Are they blocks where like it's four episodes, but they tell like a sort of arc or something like mm-hmm. that, or you know makes me really curious that's yeah cool. i have no idea i just i thought it was kind of cool that they were doing that mm-hmm. so and i'm sure there's people in forums online arguing over it oh they picked the wrong episodes and why didn't they pick these ones and right. stuff like that so um yeah
0: uh well and then uh let's see mary liz i'll save those two for you because you're a disney person um star wars episode nine it's fast approaching we are like about four months out give or take a couple days. We're about four months out from episode nine. It's weird when you say it like that. I know because I feel like I've been waiting forever for this movie. Um, John Williams is doing the score. Thank God. Um, I don't think you can't, in my opinion, you can't do Star Wars music without John Williams, but... Um, I mean they did in Rogue They did in Rogue, one, did Rogue but... one and Solo and yeah. those were both great scores. Mm-hmm. John Williams actually did some music for solo. Yeah. But we're talking a feature, we're talking a saga
2: <laughs> film. No, I, I agree.
0: Yeah. Not a not a Star Wars story. We're talking a saga film and so we want John Williams um, for one more and it sounds like he's only gonna do this is his last Star Wars film. So but John Williams' brother uh, said that this the rise of Skywalker will include every theme we have ever heard.
2: Okay. Which is interesting. really interesting
0: yeah. when I think... Because I listen to the Star Wars music a lot when I'm in the car. Yeah. So, um, like just, the, the Jub Jub song or whatever's going to make its way you know way what? I, Well, like, I'm not sure, but yeah. that makes me realize, like, oh, there's Gungan themes. There's Ewok yeah, themes. that's there's what's... There's themes from Jabba's Palace. There's themes from, like, everything we've ever heard.
2: There could be, yeah. like, threads throughout the score. It really makes me want to get my hands on the score like I always do, but... Yeah, that's that's so interesting. I have no yeah. idea how they're gonna work
0: out, but Yeah, um, I'm interested as well. That could be a long set of credits.
2: <laughs> Just for that, um, and you gotta stay tuned for the credit scene at the end, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, of course. Um, sure, why not? Sure. Uh, all right, so CW crossover.
0: Mary Louise, do you watch any of the CW superhero shows? Not yet. Not yet.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, I've seen one episode. Um, <laughs> it was a crossover—the musical one. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> all right. I didn't, I didn't
1: really know what was going on, but it was. No, it's
0: fair. Two. That was that <laughs> honestly that was kind of a cool episode that they yeah. did. They have so many actors. The CW superhero shows have a lot of actors that were on Glee,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then uh, one of the actors was on the original cast for Broadway, so for uh, Rent. So they're like, we have all these musically like you know trained actors, so let's do a yeah. musical episode. But the CW crossover, the Crisis on Infinite Earths, the dates for the episodes have been released, and I think this is really interesting. So check this out. Part one is... uh, The part one episode is Supergirl, it airs on December 8th. Part two is Batwoman, airs on December 9th. Part three is The Flash, December 10th. Then we're going to take a break for the holidays. Part four and five are on January 14th back to back.
2: Like, that's really cool cool. and super like irritating. In this I feel <laughs> like, is there going to be some kind of snapping level event in the middle of this there's special, got, you know? There, there's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. There has to be where,
0: like, they do the three episodes. They're going to, I'm going to, I'll wait till December 10th to watch the three back to yeah. back and then that night on this January 14th. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like That that's, is, that's crazy. It's yeah. awesome. We're going to wait a month and then we're going to get this big two-hour epic conclusion. Like, I can't mm. wait. Like, I'm real excited <laughs> about that.
2: And then how, fu- how are you going to feel going into that, uh, that first flash episode where you're just like i don't know man like something bad's gonna happen here like (laughs) yeah right yeah something that yeah the flash episode something bad's gonna
0: happen but what's interesting about it is part four is arrow and then part five is legends of tomorrow arrow this that episode of arrow i'm pretty sure is the final episode of arrow and they've already talked about Mm. sorry spoilers if you haven't been paying attention (laughs) to current stuff but that, they've been talking about how that's going to be the death of Oliver Queen. They keep bringing it up in dialogue, and then at the ending of Arrow, the current, the last season of Arrow, they talked about the death of Oliver Queen in the show.
2: So yeah. So it's like, you know. <laughs> like they're just foreshadowing towards it. Like... like, it sounds like
0: he'll die during
2: the crossover. Yeah, but I just don't know. Yeah. <laughs> How do they d- address it in the show? Like the characters are just like, you know, he's gonna die. <laughs> oh no! During, so, like... it, all right, fine. Spoiler here: uh, the monitor,
0: sh- the monitor shows up at the end of the season okay. to talk to Oliver, and he goes, "If you follow me down this path, this is surely going to be oh, the okay. end of your life." Okay. Okay. Cool. You know, like it. It was a very like epic comic book style moment, and then yeah, direct. <laughs> Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I'm just I'm really excited for that. the The dates on this just had me baffled, and then I was like, Oh wait, but we're getting a two hour conclusion, like to whatever happens. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, let's talk about some Disney stuff and then hit the list, right? Yeah. Okay, so Aladdin two. Did you go see Aladdin, Miles? No, I didn't. Okay. Did anyone here see Aladdin? <laughs> I haven't seen. I it haven't yet. seen it yet. Um, so producer Dan Lin uh, teased a possible sequel to the movie. And saying that they're exploring possibilities, hmm. so, so a
1: sequel to the, the new 2019 lives. Aladdin. Okay, so do it, we? So are they going to do like Return of Jafar? <laughs> I was doing the same thing.
0: Are we going Return <laughs> of Jafar, or are we going um, like Prince the of Thieves, King, King, yeah, yeah, King of Thieves, King, which, yeah. which was the third animated film, mm-hmm. um, or are they going to try something completely new? I have no like. I don't know like. If you I'm go, I'm going to bet completely new. If you look at source material and you look at the night, uh,
2: the forty thieves, king, king of thieves. No, like the the where the Aladdin oh, yeah, story yeah. came um, from. Um, what's it called? Is it Alakazam or something? I don't know. No, I know. it's the, I don't know. man. I will have to look it up. Ali. It's, some, yeah. it's Alibaba and the Forty Thieves. Something like
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. If you um if you look up the source material, there is tons of material there for them to play with. Yeah, that's um, a good that's a good call. So they don't have to follow the Disney
2: animated films and yeah. do Return of Jafar or do The King of Thieves or whatever. I don't think Return of Jafar was that like got that much criti- critical praise. So I feel like they're they are gonna do something new, which I'm excited about Disney doing new things. So I'm all for it. So yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave that. But I mean, yeah,
1: I would think doing something totally new would be the best bet. Did Return of Jafar even release in theaters? No, or was I that think it that was straight to VHS.
2: So I actually, I remember watching that as a kid, and I actually <laughs> loved it, but I was in, you know, first grade or something. I don't know if I, I don't think I could tell you anything about that movie. Like I, I don't think I remember one I can picture the VHS like, I, in my staff. I remember a couple
0: scenes from that movie, but not enough to, uh, yeah. And I very and i remember a couple like visuals from king of thieves i know i saw
2: that yeah. one as well um, i think so, return of jafar was more action packed than the first aladdin cuz i remember at school all my friends were who were boys loved it and then all the girls like didn't like didn't care for for return a long of jafar
0: time all, for so. a long time the animated aladdin was one of my absolute favorite disney films mm-hmm. um, but that has changed so <laughs> <laughs> um, So, yeah. um, No, I just thought that was interesting that they're going to be doing a second one of those. I'm curious to how many more of these live-action movies may be getting um, sequels added to them. Um, But speaking of uh, remakes and live-action or animated, whatever you want to call it, Lion King has surpassed Frozen as the highest-grossing animated film of all time via Variety. Here's the thing. I did some fact-checking. First off, congrats for Lion King for surpassing Frozen as the animated film. The new Lion King? Okay. And... For for one, congrats to Lion King for surpassing Frozen as an animated film. Secondly, it's
2: interesting that they've claimed it as an animated Mm -hmm. film instead of calling it live action. Well, that's what's... So... I said all along that this is an animated movie. Stop mm-hmm. calling it live-action. <laughs> I like, do no live-action characters right. or environments in it. But then it just kind of feels like they're moving the goalposts a little bit when they're like, hey, we're animated now, and we surpass <laughs> Frozen. Yeah. Right. Well, I looked up that. So that report came from Variety saying that uh,
0: it's the highest-grossing animated film of all time. Well, I went to uh, Box Office Mojo, which their only job is to track box office dollars. And if you go into the animation category, the number one grossing film of all time is Incredibles 2. Followed by Finding Dory. Mm -hmm. Followed by The New Lion King.
1: So they're just not including Pixar? I don't,
0: I don't know. Um. I, I, like I said, it came from Variety, and my opinion about like Variety and Hollywood Reporter, they're like the high school newspapers of Hollywood. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying we're any better, because we're taking other people's facts and discussing them, but news <laughs> is reported, and I just was like, wait a minute, that can't be. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, the other two below Lion King is Shrek 2, and then the original Lion King.
2: Okay.
0: Um, and then Frozen actually falls in at number 8.
2: So there's a bunch of movies above that beat Frozen out for. See, that's that's so crazy because it's a bunch of movies I feel like that had less hype than Frozen that beat it for some reason. Well,
0: so, you know, Toy yeah. Story three beat Frozen, and that like that I don't see why that wouldn't beat out Frozen for box office dollars. Yeah, so, you know what I mean. So I just thought that was
2: interesting. So I'm like just looking at the numbers, going, hmm, you know. Um, I think it's just like when it it's funny when it boils down to it. This really is just. Disney beat Disney again. <laughs> like right. That's really what it is. Right. So. <laughs> All right,
0: I got one more piece of news, and then we'll talk about the lists and talk some like heavy Disney stuff. Um, so, John Favreau. Um, was being interviewed about working with George Lucas on the Mandalorian television series that's coming to Disney Plus, the Disney Plus app. Mm-hmm. And um, Favreau, we know that he reached out to George. Uh, we know George has popped in and out on various projects with J.J. Abrams with some of the Star Wars stuff, and he's popped into like Rogue One and he's popped into Solo and talked about some things. Uh, Favreau and John uh, George have been friends for a really long time. Um, but this is a very, very interesting quote that George said, and it really, it really makes me like look at storytelling on a completely different level. And I know we all like I like to think when you read this quote, George is referring to Star Wars. But if you really look at the quote, George is talking about storytelling on a general level. So I'm going to read this to you and we'll talk about this real quick and then we'll move on. But George said that you need to remember, um, that the audience for all stories and all myth are the kids that are coming of age we enjoy stories as adults but really storytelling is about imparting the wisdom of the previous generations to the children who are becoming an adults and giving them a context for how to behave and how to learn the lessons of the past without making the mistakes on their own that's the hope that's the hope that you can teach them how to avoid all the hardship but garner all the wisdom. And I'm like, you know, Georgia said time and time again that Star Wars is for kids, and we always need to remember that. So when the adults whine and moan and complain about the current movies and storytelling and blah, 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 like, you gotta remember these movies were made for a 12 year old audience. Mm-hmm. But then I think about other things and, like, how many movies do I watch that are really a social commentary on something else? You know, like Supergirl's, the last season of Supergirl was almost entirely a social commentary on immigration. And it was just kind of an underlined thing that you're just like, wow, they're totally tackling immigration. Um, uh, Stargate um, SG-1 did a huge social commentary. Their final two seasons were a full social commentary on 9-11. And no one saw it. It just skated under the radar because it was sci-fi, science fiction, and everyone just kind of passed it along, and they didn't pay attention to it. You know what I yeah. mean? But it still taught those lessons in those stories. And um, I just thought it was really interesting to hear from George.
2: You know? Yeah, it's awesome. Your... I think. Uh, yeah, it's hard to really gather my thoughts after that, but it's cool because like, I feel like you know, George Lucas had this in mind with like a lot of you know the star wars movies that he's made and it's just kind of cool to see him put it into words um and then just like while you're talking about that my mind just kept going back to that Rocco's modern life special because <laughs> it carries true for that special right as well which is crazy but right. there's so much like i mean morality you gotta remember that the, looney in tunes, that the looney tunes cartoons with bugs Bunny,
0: daffy duck all those were written for adults mm-hmm. but they were made for children um so it's storytelling has been like that forever I mean like you could go back to you know Greek Roman mythology and you can see all that as well it's literally just teaching
2: the upcoming generations so yeah um but sometimes you gotta just bring in some sick fight scenes just for the heck of the two, <laughs> <so>. yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? I just thought that was an amazing
0: quote and wanted to share it and I'm like I gotta make sure I bring this to the show so um yeah no I love it that's awesome yeah alright anyway um are you guys ready to talk some Disney movies Yes. yes. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. Uh, Ryan, we're gonna talk some Disney movies now. So, if you will, please roll the thing. And now for the top five. All right. So, list time, are we? Um, let's catch Mary Liz up. So, first off, Mary Liz, the reason, you're, the biggest reason why you're here, is because you're this massive Disney file. Yes. Um, You are, you, how many times a year do you go to the park? Well. Because I know, like, you save money specifically to go to the theme parks. Oh, You go many, many times. So I'm, like, thinking to myself, she goes multiple times a year. I don't actually know.
1: Well, typically it's once a year. Well, that's kind of been the pattern pretty much since I graduated college has been like kind of a once a year thing. Uh, before that, when I was going with my family, it'd probably be like every three years or so. So I, I just grew up, um, I think Disney was just kind of instilled in me from a kid. My nursery was Mickey and Minnie, so my parents tell me. I don't really remember it. <laughs> uh, but, and then watching all the Disney movies, I grew up in the 90s when all of the, you know, really great movies were coming out one after another, like Lion King, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, everything like that. Um, and then I did, I do go to the parks, and I feel like going to the theme parks really kind of amped up my love for the movies because you are you have a chance to kind of step into that fantasy world, so it just makes it, um, when you watch the movies, it kind of almost feels like, oh, I've been there, or I've seen that, or I was on a ride with the dwarves, or whatever it <laughs> is. So I guess that's my uh, Disney... History.
0: Have you been to Disney since Star Wars opened? Have you been to the edge of the galaxy yet?
1: Well, it's only open in Disneyland, and actually, I I've never been to Disneyland. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, you just go, yeah. to, Florida, right? I, I yeah. only go to the Florida, right? I've only been to the one in Orlando, but I hope to get to the Disneyland one, and then there's a bunch of international parks too, and like a lot. You're going to hit them all then? I hope to hit them all.
0: Have you ran any uh, Disney marathons? I did
1: the Disney Princess half marathon. Oh, okay. Mm hmm. I right. dressed as, well, I did three races. Uh, I did one dressed as Merida from Brave, and then two dressed as Belle. One was blue dress Belle, and then the other one was yellow dress
0: <laughs> I've <Belle>. always I've <laughs> always wanted to do the marathon specifically. I, it could be a really expensive trip to do, but I always wanted to do them specifically because of the, um, uh, just because of the medals. Yes. Um, yeah. Just on a collector value, like mm-hmm. getting my hands on those medals would be amazing. So, um, yeah, I'm not. Uh, There's no way I'd
2: do a full marathon, but I'd like to go down there and do, you know, whatever, but... I feel like the kid in English class who didn't do his required reading and has no idea what's going on right now. (laughs) I just know Disney had marathons. Disney does, so like you, like if you're going to run the Chicago Marathon, Boston Marathon, whatever,
0: you're going to go do a 5K at your local park district, Disney does like, I don't know, a couple times a year they do, uh, because they do like, they'll do like the Avengers run, or they'll do like Mm -hmm. the Mickey run, or they'll do like a bunch, like they'll do a bunch of different themed things, but you literally run the marathons through the parks. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. And um, they do them over a couple days, mm-hmm. and you have to sign up way in advance. And yeah. Like, uh, my brother-in-law did one where he um, he did the full marathon, but he – but so to do the full marathon, he had to do all these other ones leading up to the full marathon. He did the
1: so. Dopey Challenge. Yeah, he they did the, dope, it, so. the Dopey okay. Challenge,
0: so it's every one mm-hmm. of them, and then they
2: have these <laughs> And they have these really cool medals. Yeah. That is is like for... Dopey known as being the most like physically fit <laughs> Disney character? Or like what they because
1: you get? are dopey for running. Oh, okay. There for real, you, you did that?
2: Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And then I'm just trying to figure out the logistics of like running a half marathon wearing like a Merida dress or something like that. Well, like, but,
1: you, <laughs> you know, it's funny. There's like this whole. Subset of the internet that makes running clothes for characters. So, oh, cool. You like there's really like, yes, I did not it's on. Know this. I used Etsy for for mine, but they make like BB8. Running dresses or cool. like uh, you know stuff like that to make it more practical. Awesome. But yeah, I did wear cool. the the wig, the Merida wig, which mm-hmm. was a little more challenging than I expected. <laughs> I had to safety pin it to yeah. a hat in order to, to keep it on.
2: Did you have a Did you have a bow or anything like no, that? No, because
1: you can't have weapons when you're running the race. Because I did think about that would be awesome. Bow, though, just, just like yeah, and I didn't know if they were gonna say something about it, so I just didn't. I decided <laughs> to avoid. I didn't want to get disqualified.
2: I. <laughs> just got a Photoshop
0: a bow and all your pictures yeah. or something like yeah. that. Well, we're going to dive into a little bit more of your Disney fandom tonight, because we're going to, um, since you're going to try and be here for as many of our Disney episodes as you can, since mm-hmm. it's like four weeks, and you weren't here last week, let's real quick, um, we'll talk about, we'll just do a real quick list of your live actions, and then we'll mm-hmm. talk about our Pixar films. Um, So you can just, as a recap, since the idea of these lists for our listeners, if you're playing the home game or you guys in the room, um, we did live action last week. We're doing Pixar tonight. Next week, we're going to discuss animation. And the following week, we're going to do top five Disney of all time. And that's going to be from the 15 films that we isolated out of these five lists. So um, just to give you a quick, our five. Peter's top five were... Uh, For live action were Three Musketeers, Muppets Christmas Carol, Pirates of the Caribbean, Cursed the Black Pearl, uh, Peach Dragon 2016 version, Hmm. and Cool Runnings. My five were Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Pirates of the Caribbean, Cursed Black Pearl, Miracle, Three Musketeers, and The Rocketeer.
1: Great. I matched on none of those. I (laughs) I don't
0: expect (laughs) any of them. But real quick, do you have any honorable mentions for those?
1: I do. Um, So I have two honorable mentions, and I'm going to say them together because... That's how they are in my head. We're Blank Check and First Kid. Ooh. And these movies, I just, they're. I forgot about First
0: Kid, but I loved Blank Check.
1: So I remember having, like, the VHS that was, like, taped off of the TV, you know, like, when you recorded it when it yeah. was on. Um, so I had that for both of these, and they were just kind of like a movie that I watched a lot growing up. I remember, <laughs> like, in blank check how cool it was that he had the water slide that went from his room out into the swimming pool, and then just, to how, like, unrealistic it was that he could type out a check that just said Mr. Microsoft for, what was it, $1 million you <laughs> know, like that.
0: <laughs> Back then, people didn't
1: really. Men worry took about it to computer. the bank himself um, to to cash yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. He was like a ten year old kid. So uh, <laughs> awesome. I loved that movie. And then first kid, that's the one with um, Sinbad plays the bodyguard to yeah. the son of the president. And um, I just remember that movie being so goofy. Like the scene I remember <laughs> is of them at the roller rink when Sinbad Sinbad is trying to like be undercover, so he's dressed as like this giant like. Slurpee or something like with the and I don't know I, on roller skates and it was just really a goofy scene and a right. s- silly movie. Yeah, yeah. I forgot
0: about I forgot about both of those completely. <laughs> they wouldn't have made my list but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is uh, your first actual we'll just yeah I'll give you a do a quick review on all these so we can get to Pixar,
1: but... Yep. So, um. my first pick is The Parent Trap, uh, specifically the Hayley Mills version from 1961. I like the Lindsay Lohan version, too, but just when I think The Parent Trap, that first one is the one that comes to mind. Yep. And ahead. then my fourth pick, or number four, was... Um, Phantom of the Megaplex, which is a Disney Channel original movie. When I knew that those counted, I totally relooked at my, what my list was because I could, I could make a top five list of only Disney Channel original movies. Well,
0: I, the, and the only, and I said last week, the only reason I wanted to include the Disney Channel originals is because one, they're movies, but two, mm-hmm. High School Musical didn't get a theatrical release, but the sequels did. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was like, I can't... It'd be kind of unfair if any of the Disney Channel movies actually got theatrical releases and some didn't. So I was right. like, and eh, just yeah. Yeah. include them all because I knew Peter
2: and I were not going to have any of those. And if anyone's playing the home game, they can, <laughs> yeah. they can um, play their own rules. So. I mean, Brink and Johnny Tsunami made my short list, so... Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs>
1: Both of them, yeah. Um, all right. And then uh, after that was another DCOM, Xenon <laughs> Girl of the 21st Century. I just love that whole idea of them like living in a spaceship, and they seem to just have a really cool life, and which is also funny because that is not real life now. And I don't know what time that was supposed to be <laughs> set in, <laughs> but right. like, I, it's, no normal modern family is living in a space shuttle that I know of. Yet. Sure. Um, my second number two was Pete's Dragon, but the, the nineteen original? yeah the original one. Um, I watched that a lot growing up as a kid. And what I, year did that come uh, out?
2: Nineteen
1: seventy seven.
2: Yeah. Oh, Star Wars. <laughs> um, another quick year thing. Apparently, uh, Xenon was supposed to take place twenty forty nine. So we're oh, not we there yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you um, really just look that up? Yeah, I mean no. it's <laughs> pretty easy. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Pete's Dragon, I um just watched that movie a lot growing up, and I thought it was you know cool that there was with the hybrid situation with the cartoon dragon. Yeah. And the the real family and stuff, and then my number one pick is Mary Poppins, and um, I'm mostly because I'm a huge Julie Andrews fan, so I'm a big fan of her in that movie, I like the music, I like the kind of like fantasy aspect of it, like when they jump in in and out of the paintings and when they have like the tea party on the ceiling, like it's just a lot of fun things to watch as a kid and to um, imagine.
0: Did you like the... Did you see Saving Mr. Banks?
1: I never I haven't seen it yet. Okay. But I think okay. we talked about it and you told um, me I should watch it and I haven't I, done so yet.
0: It's it's not entirely what I was expecting it to be, mm-hmm. but um, I yeah. just because you're a Mary Poppins fan, I'd mm-hmm. be very curious to chat with you about saving Mr. Banks.
1: Yeah, and then I, I haven't seen Mary Poppins Returns because I don't know if I can handle <laughs> the Emily Blunt and not J Andrews. I
0: really enjoyed it. Mm. So I'll, I'll leave yeah. it at that. I really, I really enjoyed Mary Poppins Returns. Yeah,
1: I'll so. I'll watch it. I want to hear the music, and I like Lin Manuel Miranda, so I, I I'm sure I would enjoy it. I just haven't bit the bullet. Look
0: honestly, it's the same movie, um, but <laughs> but uh, I I really enjoyed the new Mary Poppins.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's my uh, live action list. Fantastic. You guys nice. want to
0: talk some Pixar movies? Yeah. Okay, sounds no, good. Um, so we don't have to worry about saying Star Wars and Marvel don't exist here because these are a little finite or live action. <laughs> we didn't include those. Um, so does anyone want? Does anyone want to volunteer to go first? No, nope. I'm gonna get blank stares <laughs> from both of you. So, all right. Um, did you go first last time, or did I go
2: first? I couldn't tell you. All right. Um, how about <laughs> this? Uh,
0: Peter, go ahead. You can go first.
2: Okay. Cool. So, you can't remember. I've got two honorable mentions. Uh, my first one is the uh, deleted scene from Iron Man 3 where there No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my first one is... Uh, I know I'm going to get crap for this, but it's The Incredibles. Um, oh. I... Think, I love this movie. I think it's an awesome superhero story. I love the villain. Like, I think... Um, I now, now I'm blanking on his name, but... Oh, uh, it's like... Si- it starts syndrome, to- syndrome yeah. right? Yeah, so he's like one of Pixar's best villains, I think, definitely. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I can't say enough good things. It's just not my top five favorite sort of thing. Interesting. So that's why it gets there. All right, Mary Liz? Um, I, one of
1: them?
2: Yep.
1: Uh, one of them is A Bug's Life. Ah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that uh, I I always forget about Bugs Life, but did you have anything you want to
2: say about it? Or
1: I just liked it growing up. I liked the the whole like traveling circus of bugs. It was just kind of <laughs> clever and funny, I thought. And the grasshopper always freaked me out. You
0: know, I work. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know if I've ever like. I don't. I very seldom we talk about the day job, but I work for a park district. Um, Mary Liz and I actually both work for the same park district. But I work um, in parks and I'm cutting down trees all day and stuff like that. And I cut down a tree the other day. And when we cut the stump uh, and removed it, these ants just started pouring out of it. And it made me laugh, because I'm like, I just wonder, like, on a Bug's Life level, if when the chainsaw slices through the tree, if it's, like, some crazy apocalyptic event Oh yeah, that's. just <laughs> see them in that animated
2: form. Like, yeah. get
1: out of here! <laughs> yeah. We practiced this drill! <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. Uh, thinking of Bug's Life, what do you guys like better, Bug's Life or ants? Because they both, like, came out, like, around
0: oh, the same time. And you know what's messed up is they're, like, so good on yeah
2: like they're technically the same movie and they're like mm-hmm. so equally good <laughs> yeah. i feel like i like them for different reasons like uh I bug's think... life i think i might like the story better but i don't know bug's but life had a much better villain ants i love like <laughs> the grossness and realness of it i guess the a gritty. yeah yeah for yeah sure.
0: ants felt sure. a little bit more lived in mm-hmm. i guess the way at it. <laughs> um so my first honorable mention is toy story and I almost felt like I was going to get a little crap from the both of you for <laughs> saying that. Um, I love Toy Story, but you don't get to another movie without it. Um, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah Toy Story 1 it's just it was such a great first
2: pull mm-hmm. for Pixar the so. movie you don't get to is that the new the most recent Child's Play reboot that yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, I, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Um, Peter what's another honorable mention uh, Monsters Inc uh, this is another one I like a lot um, I think this one I love mostly though just for the world they created like how the monsters go in and out of kids rooms and just it's kind of really imaginative in that way and some of the monster designs I like a lot, too. I think if I was... If I was a certain age when I saw this movie, I think I would love it, but I was, like, an adult or almost an adult when I saw it, so it wasn't, like, my favorite movie ever, but I still love the world they made in there, so... Sure. Um, Mary Liz? I don't know Up. Up? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of Up. No. Oh, On crazy. I'm nothing. sorry. I just thought, like, this was going to be nothing but Up love... And, no, like, no, I really? just was really surprised. Because I like Up, and I felt, like, really touched at certain parts. But yeah. there's other parts that I get a little bit bored in. And, like, I feel, like, you that's know, blasphemous to say my in certain crowds. I so. always feel like I upset people when I say I didn't like
0: Up. And my own, like... <sighs> up, for me, like, the first four minutes, amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once the house leaves... <laughs> That's where the, like, the house, like, when it's floating around doing its thing, once they land in, like, the adventure land area that they go to, once they get there, the movie kind of turns into something else. Mm-hmm. Like it almost stops being Disney slash Pixar and it starts being like DreamWorks. It doesn't feel <laughs> like it, okay. it doesn't feel like a Disney film at all, and huh. it really bothers yeah. me. And I I can't handle the rest yeah. of the movie once they mm. get into the adventure place. I feel yeah. like
1: people who have so much love for Up are like only really remembering those first, first four, four, minutes. four minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. like what they're thinking back to. But I do I agree with you, Peter. Like when it it does feel a little slow at times. Or it's for like sure. maybe it got
2: yeah. at a certain point. I got it got a little too predictable like where it's going for yeah. me or something where it was just like waiting for yeah. things to happen but like i do like the movie a lot and yeah. like i said like i was really touched by certain parts you know but my
1: favorite part is when carl pins the the badge on russell at the very end when yeah. they're at the like scout ceremony or whatever <laughs> i might like that moment more than the first four minutes. Right. yeah, yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> all right um well my uh final honorable mention is cars three um, it's the movie that I was really hoping for in Cars Two, um, but it's Cars Three is basically Rocky Three and Four rolled into the same movie. Um, if you know the Rocky films, <laughs> but Cars Three is everything I wanted out of a sequel for Cars. But it, it was just fantastic, just not enough to make my top five. So
2: I've never seen a Cars film, so no.
1: <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm pretty sure I only but, saw the first one. Oh, really? I,
1: I definitely didn't get make it to the third. If I saw the second, I don't remember. But I've it. heard,
0: I've heard good. Things you could on the technically third one. skip the second one
2: and go right to the third if you've at least seen the first one. Um, We've got like a fast and furious scenario <laughs> <on> here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, skip two and three, and then <laughs> um, okay. Um, on to our actual list. On your actual which would list. Come back so, to me. I think that would come yeah. back to you. So, Peter, what's your first? Okay. So. Comeback? I've got a very weird list, so I'm curious what your guys' reactions will be, but uh, the first movie on my list is Ratatouille. Hmm. So this is a movie that I saw and uh, I really enjoyed, and I think when it comes down to, like, what Pixar movie would I want to rewatch, like, I think this is high up on my list, and I don't know if it's just because it's so different than the other ones, but I think there's, like, there's some cool stuff in this movie that I just find interesting, like... The movie is all about these rats or mice, you know, that are, you know, it, it goes back and forth from, like, the farmhouse they live and then in, in and out of, like, the restaurant in Paris where uh, the main character, was his name, Ratatouille? I'm, like, kind of blanking. Remy, I think. Remy? Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, where Remy, like, makes his way as, like, becoming a chef and stuff, and it's funny because... All these rat characters look, like, really adorable, you know? But when you think about, like, if this movie was shot in live action, it would be one of the, <laughs> the grossest, freakiest things. And there's this one part where I remember hey, watching Disney. Hey, uh, Disney, scoot a little closer to the mic. We have an idea, apparently. It's live action <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. There's a part in the movie, though, where the... I remember Remy's, like, whole rat family was in the ceiling of this restaurant. And in the kitchen, the the ceiling caves in, and all the rats fall in the kitchen. And it's right when the health inspector is coming coming. coming through and it's a really funny gag but I remember seeing that and thinking it was funny and it was like kind of cute but thinking like man in real life this would be the grossest thing I've ever seen and I kind of like really enjoyed that dichotomy um besides just like I like uh things about like Paris and France and like I appreciate that aspect to it so atmospherically and just kind of that dichotomy is why it makes my list you know and it's different it's a lot yeah. different than the other movies so right there you go
1: they're uh, putting in a ratatouille ride in uh, disney world actually oh cool yeah. Do,
0: are the rats gonna fall on you i'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> the ratatouille haunted house yeah. or
1: something like
0: that. <laughs> um uh, mary liz what's your first pick for the evening
1: my first pick is inside out
0: Ah, mm-hmm. uh, we uh, talk about this while I type this out because um you and I matched on this one.
1: Yeah, so I just like the whole idea behind this, like kind of looking into somebody's head and the different emotions. and it's kind of like what the the quote you read earlier about like, the meanings behind things are like lessons to be learned. I feel like this is a great movie to just like teach kids that it's okay to like have these feelings and that you know you're gonna like move past it and like they all need to work together. I liked. I just like the whole um, like moral of the story. I guess.
0: So uh, I was actually gonna save this one to the end uh, to talk about, but we're talking about it now, so we match. No, we do. Um, inside Out. Uh, when the movie started, I was just like I was intrigued by the idea. The movie starts um is it it's happiness is that the first one we see joy, joy. uh yeah. joy is the first character we see and um you're seeing you're literally just seeing like the baby opens his eyes for mm-hmm. the first time and she's just kind of you know have that moment of happiness and then the first memory spawns and you watch as the memory does its thing and like as the world in her mind is like being created. Mm -hmm. And all I'm thinking to myself at the time, first off, as I'm wiping tears from my face because the movie made me cry 30 Mm -hmm. seconds in, I'm watching this movie thinking to myself, how did you pitch this to Disney? (laughs) How did you walk into the exec's office and say, I have an idea for a movie, bear with me? You know what I mean? And and the movie just went from there.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, It's absolutely phenomenal. This probably very well is my favorite Pixar film. Period in the Pixar library of things. Um, Inside Out is just phenomenal. Uh, There was a... um, I did watch this because it got posted on... I found it on YouTube, so I don't know if it's still there, but someone did a fan edit, and they removed all the the inside-the-person's-head stuff, and they just left the girl's story. Hmm. And it is a really rough sit. Because the movie overall is a girl dealing with her emotions and all these, like, it's it's kind of like her worst, like, all these bad things yeah. are happening and so how she's dealing with them emotionally and all that stuff. So it's a really great, it's, it's, I mean, Inside Out's a great story teaching how to deal with depression, but when you remove all the fun Disney elements and it's just an animated film about a girl dealing with depression, it's a, like, it's still a
2: wonderful film, it's mm-hmm. just harder to watch, so... Yeah, I saw a uh, YouTube edit of that, but it was uh, or like that, but it was uh, Osmosis Jones, and you were just watching Bill Murray be sick the whole time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that doesn't exist. I uh, this one I kind of feel bad about though, because I've actually I haven't seen Inside Out, and it's probably like a travesty. And hearing you guys talk, you about just it had a child me... too.
0: You will bawl the first like five minutes of the movie. Okay,
2: you're gonna okay. be really in tears. Well, hearing you talk about it makes me want to watch it a lot more. I have no idea why I missed this one. Maybe it was just like it was overhyped and I kind of avoided well, this it when it stuff, came out. The stuff uh,
0: with the imaginary friend and like all these things in her life and like you know how she like she gets into hockey so there's a specific like world in her yeah. brain like yeah. just for hockey land. Like, like it's like a
1: family island or whatever. Right. It's yeah.
0: just the way it all like the world that they created and that's why I was like that's why I was like how did you pitch this to Disney? Yeah.
2: And have them completely understand what you were trying to do. I do so, like when like kind of really esoteric ideas fall through the cracks like that. Like I kind of felt a little bit like that in uh guardians of the galaxy 2 like i was like this is such an esoteric like like philosophical sort of uh plot idea where it's like wrestling with like do i abandon and destroy everything i know and become a god or do i like take mm-hmm. out my father who's like a god and it's just like a really interesting concept so basically what i'm saying is it's cool when stuff like that goes, falls through the cracks because you wouldn't think disney would approve that right sort well, of thing. So. Neither, uh Mary Liz and I both think you need to go watch Inside Out. Yes. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. You're welcome to borrow it if you'd like to. Okay. Um, um, so that goes, Peter, your number four pick. Okay, so the next one I picked was uh, WALL-E. So this is, uh, I feel like this is one of the more divisive uh, Pixar films. You don't think so? No, sorry. Because I, oh, okay. um, I keep our like spreadsheet yeah. list, and I was literally questioning how I spelled um, it. So. But this, I got it. This movie, um, like one, I love The Message. Two, I love, like kind of the post-apocalyptic setting of the whole thing and just kind of uh how they told this story about this robot that has like very little dialogue like barely any and they made this like just kind of really epic like cool story out of it with a lot of cool imagery and i mean it held my attention i know some people got bored with like how like silent it is at some points but it really held my attention and i just enjoyed how uh like, the end of the movie, how, like, kind of stupid they make people seem. Because, <laughs> like, I feel like it's totally true in a lot of ways. And, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just really like this one a lot. So. Um, I really liked the first 20 minutes of Wally. <laughs> okay.
0: And then the movie fell apart for me. And this is why. And I'm going to... Look, the movie's great as a whole. I'm not going to, like, knock the movie for yeah. any, like, real faults. But this is my one problem with the movie. Before Wally leaves Earth to meet up with the humans on the spaceship... You see humans in two places prior to that happening. Wally watches a live-action film of people <laughs> dancing yes and then the, you'll see a like a infomercial from the president live action played by Fred Willard talking on a billboard or whatever like in the in the destroyed city. So Wally is watching a movie of live-action people and then Fred Willard is a live-action person president on a billboard and then when he gets to the spaceship, everybody's animated. The humans are animated. They're not live action. They're not... Like, there's no... Like, there's a huge disconnect because we're looking at live action people and then suddenly we're looking at
1: (laughs) fat, obese, like... I never have thought of that.
2: I caught it the first and it just drove me nuts. Okay, so So. I never thought of that, but, like, you talking about it, it actually kind of makes me... Like the movie more because oh, I think you fine. could because I think you could defend that choice and say like We've, this is what people de- evolved. are yeah this is what these, <laughs> this is what they were and this is what they've become so I think that's kind of cool too so right so we're all gonna be animated in chairs yeah mm-hmm. and we learned that the Disney live action films are definitely are eventually gonna be three D animated I guess so. <laughs> yeah. uh, they are already three D animated Lion King just came out <laughs> <laughs> right
0: um, so uh, Mary Liz what's yours.
1: My next one is Toy Story. Toy Story. Yeah.
0: Any it's, thoughts? It's
1: just a good movie. I mean, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know what else to say Just, about a, it.
0: Solid four, yeah, just I a solid fourth pick. Just a solid fourth pick.
1: You know, and, and I kind of like grew up along. I, I haven't seen Toy Story 4 yet, but I kind of like grew up along the time I'm. I i have not seen
0: Toy Story 4 yet, but it yeah. would not. I guarantee that that mm-hmm. movie will not hold a candle to the rest of my list. I'm
1: excited so. to just see like. Bo Peep and her whatever. But anyway, so regular Toy Story. I feel like I kind of grew up along with Andy a little bit. I still have
0: nightmares. Like, I know I haven't seen Toy Story 4 yet, but I have mm -hmm. nightmares of what happened to Bo Peep because in Toy Story 3, when they mention Bo Peep in dialogue, Woody looks off into the distance, very sad, and goes, yeah, Bo. And you're like,
1: what happened to Bo? (laughs) I assume she got sold at a garage sale. (laughs)
0: Yeah, maybe, but the way he says it, like, she got,
2: like, dropped in a lawnmower.
0: But, but when, you, or when you
2: think about it, there are to- like when you were a kid there were toys like that, where it's like a toy you love and then all of a sudden like, man, where did that thing go? Yeah. Like, I can't find this toy yes. or my left yeah. sock. I have
0: no idea what's going yeah. on. But There's a Willow action figure that I lost somewhere along the way and I'm mm. real mad that I lost that I had figure. a pink
1: teddy bear my mom sold in a garage sale and I just cried. <laughs> but yeah, so <laughs> anyway, I, I loved the movie. I loved the idea behind it. I was Like four when it came out, so I like had toys that I played with, and they were my friends at the time and everything like that. So and then when Toy Story three came out, I I want to say I was like a senior in high school, so I like really just the timeline worked for me. And so just growing up, kind of like with Andy and the and the toys and everything, it kind of just meant a lot to to see all those movies. But kind of like you said that it had to start somewhere so that's why toy story was my pick over right quick toy way.
0: story trivia question does anyone know what andy's last name is no it's on a piece of paper in his room in toy story 3 it's davis so anyone oh. wants to win a trivia pursuit game or your next oh, cool. uh, bar, trivia bar trivia that you go yeah. to like mm. um, i just thought that was really
2: interesting <laughs> I, th- I saw it on a piece of paper i'm like ooh, commit that to memory <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna need that someday <laughs> mm-hmm. um all uh, right Our- Oh, sorry, I actually matched Toy Story, so... Oh, all right, well, uh... I think this is a great one, too. I think I was probably in, like, third grade, second grade when this came out, and I just, like... The movie, like, did, like, kind of change the way I thought about playing with toys and (laughs) stuff, and, like, there's... It captured my imagination in that way a lot, and I loved all the characters in it. Like, I think this was, like, Pixar's first feature film, and it didn't have to have, like... It, they just made such a classic story with great characters, and I don't know if they had to do that. And there's like there's an aspect of Toy Story that I never thought about, but one of my friends pointed out to me years after it came out about how back in the day, every kid wanted to be a cowboy. Like westerns were really big, and kids loved to be cowboys. But as soon as the whole like NASA thing started, every kid wanted to be an astronaut, and that mm-hmm. like story is literally in the movie's toy story and that's just like a cool like hidden thing they brought in there mm-hmm. so i love that i love the movie i could probably go on and on but i don't necessarily have an organized sort of flow chart to these no, thoughts so yeah oh uh...
0: <clears throat> uh, well, since you guys match let me get my fourth one in and then mary liz and i gotta catch up on it yeah okay. so um so i'm gonna go with brave mm-hmm. um, nice. i feel like mary and liz I matched, and matched that, on this yeah. one so mm-hmm. um that'll come back to me i guess so um I really liked Brave, and until Inside Out came out, Brave was my favorite of the Pixar films. Like, it was mm-hmm. just a cool story and a cool take on something. Maybe yeah. I was just looking for a fantasy movie when it came out or yeah. whatever. I just really yeah. enjoyed the medieval aspect of it. Mm. Um, uh, but I love The Wisps and all that stuff, and it just, visually, is just a stunning film, so...
1: Um, thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I like the storyline of it, and the fact that she was the first like main character, um, female main character for Pixar, um, and they did a great job with it. And you can tell it's it's so different from the other princess movies that were animated like she just had a lot more power she went against the rules like i just feel like it was it was a totally different take on the i typical was
0: completely blown away by her hair too yes like just yeah. the uh, the animation her hair but mm-hmm. i mean moana just kind of knocked that out of yeah. the water so yeah <laughs> but
1: it, it was just such like a not typical princess movie and um i liked the the family storyline too and I, I just thought it told it told it a really nice story about you know Mother-daughter relationships, which I made my mom watch it with me just, just for that reason. Don't turn your mom into a bear. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the moral of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't turn your mom.
2: I like this movie a lot too. It didn't make my list, but I remember enjoying it a lot. I loved the uh, fantasy aspects of it. Definitely. The three brothers but were great yeah. too. Yes, her three brothers were yeah. fantastic. The tiny bears, yeah. yeah. Um. So that
0: comes. So now we're all caught up on our threes. So now your second, your second to last pick,
2: Peter. What do we got? Right on. Um. So this one, I actually think might be my favorite Pixar one in general. But I'm saying it now because I feel like I know where this is gonna go. But anyways, uh, I picked Coco. So this mm-hmm. is really recent, but I really loved this movie. Um, you could have saved that. Why? Did we it?
1: matched on that, and I was actually saving it too.
2: Oh really? Yeah. Okay. I just <laughs> felt like I was gonna match with people for another pick I have, mm-hmm. but. Uh, so Coco, this is a movie that I watched and I remembered feeling depressed, but in a good way because this movie's such a cool um, story mm-hmm. and it's such a, it's such a cool adventure and there's like it's there's so much cool like colors you're seeing and you're brought into this like really vibrant culture that the movie takes place in and I remember just thinking like man I wish I was a part of a culture that had like this kind of lore and had like stuff that's this cool like this cool kind of artwork in it and i just remember (laughs) feeling depressed that like yeah i live in the midwest in america (laughs) and everything is (laughs) boring and it sucks and uh yeah i just i just love the movie for that it's Um, also like kind of a crazy you wouldn't expect there'd be a kid's movie about a kid going to the land of the dead and like having to find his way back and uh I think another thing is just like I mean I'm not super good at guitar. I play a little bit of guitar, and I just love that aspect yeah. of it too. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on Coco?
1: Yeah, I um, this is actually probably the Pixar movie I've watched the most times, even, and it's it's pretty recent. Um, I love again like kind of like that family tie to it. I have a huge family, and yeah. like so I just loved that aspect, and like you know he kind of got the chance to like learn from all of his ancestors, which was awesome. Like yeah. when he got. go to the land of the dead agree about the colors and like just the the movie itself is just really beautiful um i like the music i um took you know spanish in high school and for four years so it was kind of like cool to listen like hear spanish words again and see what i (laughs) remember like i just i really liked all that stuff um and then i the movie itself like it you know that kind of like twist of who his grandfather really is. I totally didn't see it coming and everyone else I watched the movie with did see it coming the whole time so it got me. I saw it coming
0: probably 20 minutes before it happened. So yeah. I'm like, mm,
1: I think but, this is the guy. Yeah. My my girlfriend called it the second that character was introduced, and I had seen it before her, and I was yeah. like, What? How did you know? I didn't know until like it actually until the audience was supposed to know. Yeah. So it, I really I don't know, maybe I I was think, just really into I,
2: it. I think that was me. I got really <laughs> caught up in the story and yeah. I was just like really into it. So I was I didn't predict it as well, but yeah. uh, I, my problem is I got the curtain. Well, a long time ago I got the curtain of the
0: how movies are made pulled back on me and yeah. like, now I look at them yeah. differently so I see <laughs> things and I'm always like looking at things on a writing level and yeah. always like oh that's yeah I know
2: how they did that every yeah. now and then a camera shot comes up and I go how did they do that like <laughs> there's only two camera tricks in film that, that have completely baffled oh. me but <laughs> yeah. I think it's when I'm like not enjoying a movie that's when I start to pick it apart you right. know like oh is this surprising. writer isn't so oh, good yeah. like I can pick it yeah. I do it all the time but yeah. I usually mm-hmm. like if the movies I really enjoy, I
0: usually start picking mm-hmm. apart on second viewing because yeah. I watch everything at least three times. Um, so.
2: One last thing I'll say about Coco is you know those I don't remember what they called them, but they're like those spirit animals. In it, like, is that what yeah, it was? Yeah. So I actually looked that up after watching the movie, and that's like not actually a thing. Like in yeah, like in like Mexican culture, that's <laughs> not a real thing, but it's something that's based on this, like, famous Mexican artist who, like, made sculptures and paintings of animals that looked like that. And he was, like, such a big part of their culture that they brought it into the movie, which is kind of really cool, like, how they Mm -hmm. did that. But it's also, like... That's the thing is, like, I like this movie so much that I researched the culture that yeah. it came from afterwards, and yeah. I didn't expect to have that reaction I all, looked up know? what
1: goes on in Ofrenda so that I could put yeah. one up, because I think that that is just the coolest mm-hmm. thing, too. And it, kind of like you said, like, feeling like you want to just be a part of that culture, because it's yeah. so, like, cool and different. And that, vibrant. Yeah, yeah. It's just... yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: All right. Uh, do we have any more to add? I, I really like Coco too. It just didn't make my <Right>. The um, music's good in it too, actually. Yeah, no, the, yeah. the, the yeah. movie's great. I just, yeah, yeah. I, mm-hmm. when I was looking at the five, I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> um, so my number two, my final, my second last pick is actually Incredibles. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, nice. Um, yeah,
0: this is. I mean, yes, this is the Fantastic Four movie that we've never gotten that we probably should have, but just the idea of the fi- family dynamic in this film is so important and it's so structured and it's so hardcore, I guess, and the and what that movie was like trying to convey um it's just a gorgeous film like on a writing level visually and then like i mean everything's amazing about this movie i can't speak any more highly of it i really can't and it's just too bad that i didn't like the sequel nearly as much as i liked the first one and maybe my expectations were way too high for the sequel
2: Mm -hmm. um
0: but i also think that the sequel should have been done real time as opposed to immediately following. Yeah. You know what I mean? That I, makes like sense, with yeah. the kids grown up and stuff like that. I think it would have been cooler, but mm-hmm. maybe yeah, that's think, what was going through my head when I was watching the I sequel. I think
2: like I was so loud by the first one and the sequel. It's like it's still good and it's actually really good and I think with the villain and like how the villain worked in the sequel I actually thought was kind of really cool how they played some of that or how they Oh, well, they definitely that, structured but, the second one yeah. really
0: well. I just I think I had the first one really like.
2: Yeah, and I, I I was just way more built up in my yeah. head then. I agree with that. I do like how um the Incredibles I guess it takes place like modern day I guess but the feel of it always kind of really felt to me like kind of like old 70s like sci-fi mm-hmm. or kind yeah. of like a James old Bond 70s film or, late film or something. Yeah, yeah like. and and I like that way that it's filmed that way and the uh, kind of uh design work that went into it has that feel too which is really cool, you know. Yeah. I agree. Yeah.
1: I, I like The Incredibles. I actually haven't seen the second one still. And I rewatched the first one recently in preparation for the second and then never went and saw the second. But I'll have to watch it.
2: Mm-hmm. All right.
0: Well, we're down to our final picks of the evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pierre, you're up, I guess. <laughs> so, my watch final pick all
1: match is okay. uh,
2: Toy Story 3. I so. match.
1: I do not. Oh, okay. Interesting.
2: Interesting. So
0: let's
1: talk some Toy Story 3
2: and then find out. (laughs) I know there's a a, a previous episode where we gush about Toy Story 3 a lot. I can't remember what... I think it was our favorite third um, It was probably our favorite third installment episode. Um, But this movie's great. I think this is... I like this movie just as much as the first Toy Story, but I think this one just, like, had me on the verge of tears at the end and really touched me in a way that, uh, yeah, I think is really relatable and... So aside yeah, from... I and, I, and I'm and i pretty sure I mentioned this in the... I, I'm pretty sure I talked about this
0: in that episode when we talked about this a while back. Yeah. Um, but Toy Story 3 specifically, um, aside... And I know everyone, like... Everyone always mentions the furnace scene. <laughs> yeah. For the crying. Like, <laughs> yeah. they're just like, Oh my God, they were going to get incinerated. I didn't die... I, I didn't die... I didn't cry at that moment. I was, like, more in awe at that moment because... Like, especially when they all reach out and they start holding each other's hands. Here's the thing. There is no way that that's how they were going to end a Disney film. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And so you know know something's going to happen. Yeah. But watching that moment, I was more in awe at the writers taking the risk of this movie to handle death and the acceptance of your own fate better than any movie I've probably seen in the past ten years. And I was just completely blown away by that. The scene that got me was the end of the film when he gives his toys away. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was me. That's how I played with my toys. And I feel every person out there, that's how they played with their toys. There's, I mean, maybe not all of them, but you had those select few. And, like, growing up and giving those... You know, there was such a wonderful scene with him and Bonnie, and then the thing, and then just like Andy in the movie, when she made Woody wave back at him, like that just cuts yeah. you just a little bit deeper. I just got goosebumps yeah. thinking about it
1: again. Right.
0: So it's just it's such a wonderful film. I honestly, if I had to pick between Toy Story three and Inside Out, I really don't know which is a better mm-hmm. movie. I really don't. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. Toy Story 3. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, Mary Liz, you did not match with us for your final
1: pick. I did so not. What, uh... This is probably unexpected, and it definitely wasn't what I anticipated saving for last, <laughs> but it is Nemo. Finding Dory, oh, okay. actually. So, um, I did like Finding Nemo, but I liked Finding Dory better. Um, I, I just... Really liked and almost relate to the character of Dory a lot. <laughs> um, I uh, yeah, I just feel like I'm always going a lot of million miles a minute and forgetting things all the time. So it's she's just very relatable to me. But I loved the ba- like hearing or learning her backstory. I think they did a really good job with that. I loved the whole aquarium dynamic and like they just had so many funny characters in it. Have either of you seen it? I haven't it? seen it. Okay, no. I'm like uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I have seen. Yeah. So there's like there's a lot of funny characters. Like there's the the octopus who just kind of hates everyone, and you know the the funny whales, like, and then there's the sea lions. They just did a great job, like incorporating so much more of like ocean life, I guess. But mm-hmm. it was a totally different dynamic because they were in an aquarium. Um, and then you know, not not to spoil the movie, but I loved the ending with. For finding her parents, so much so that it, it made me cry. And then the next day, I was Found thinking, it, no, well. <laughs> <laughs> but the next day, I was thinking about it and started crying. And somebody asked me what's wrong, and I was like, they just kept putting out the rocks for her. And I <laughs> just thinking about it again made me cry a second time. um, um So I, I just love that movie. <laughs> uh,
0: the thing that, like, I I like finding Dory, but I don't want to sit there and point out faults in movies. That's not what I want to do here. <laughs> But this this kind of bothered me. I felt like everything with Finding Dory was very linear. I felt like okay. everything was very yeah. like step to step to step, and she gets to this point, and like oh wait, and then I got to go to this point, and then I get to the next point, and then I go to, this. like and I know I'm a,
1: that's lo- big for her I know a lot of distracted. I know a lot of
0: stories are like that, but I felt like everything yeah. was just in a straight line all the way to that finish line, and I just I didn't. I don't know, and everything kind of seemed very happenstance, like, oh, yep, of course that's going to happen, because that, you know what I mean? Yeah, like,
1: I mean, it's pretty Coincidental, you know a, what I
0: mean? a so. group of
1: fish are able to drive a truck. Like, well, that's there's not, that. yeah. You know. <laughs> I just feel like it was a
0: lot very coincidental in comparison yeah. to how uh, the rest of, like, the you rest of the... You could almost say
1: the same about yeah. Finding Nemo, though, like, that Marlin happened to find the sea turtles that bring him to Australia. Like there, Yeah, yeah I think you could probably say the same about both. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. Okay. Still liked it.
0: All right, yeah, that's, that's yes. fair.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: all right, well, that actually... Um, oh, shoot, I just totally uh, scrolled way too far down. Um, so that brings us to the end of the list. Um, mm-hmm. Next week, uh, we will be talking um, our top five favorite Disney animated films,
2: which is a completely another beast of... Um, Stuff to discuss. This, this one I think is going to be really hard because Pixar, it was a limited amount of movies. I felt like this was actually an easier list to compile, but. Disney animated yeah. films, that's, that's going to be tough. And some of my favorite things I'm going to have to cut off the list mm-hmm. and <laughs> it's not going to be fun.
1: You <laughs> almost need like pre 1995 and then post 1995. Yeah, that's yeah. true too.
0: Yeah. Disney animated is a monster and we, I feel like we hold a lot of these movies in, um, I feel like we hold these movies in a higher regard than we do animation. I'm sorry. than we do uh, Pixar and, uh, um, the live action films, So I'm really kind of curious to see what we pull out. Mary Liz, are you joining us next week for animation?
1: Yes, I will be here.
0: Okay, fantastic. So, um, so Mary Liz will be here. We'll be here. We're getting real close next week. We're going to have our final five movies. So that'll give us a total of 15 films between the three lists. And then we have to do the hard job of taking those 15 films and narrowing them down to our final Mm -hmm. top five Disney films of all time. So, uh, we'll see how the group of us handles that. Um, and you'll be here for the final one right Mary Liz I hope to try yeah. to you're going to yeah. try to otherwise you'll just have to come on and be a guest and we'll get your final yeah. Disney movies um, so with that being said uh, please check us out at our website top 5 there you'll find links to all of our social media Twitter and Facebook you'll also find a link to our email top5report at gmail.com uh, feel free to interact with the show if you want to tell us your thoughts send us lists that you think we should do that'd be great we'd love to hear them you can also find a link to our um apple podcasts uh where we are found an apple Podcasts, you can subscribe to us there if you do you will not miss a single episode and you can leave us a review we love five stars because it helps us it helps on apple Podcasts for us to appear other <laughs> places and easier for you to find them or other people to find them but not giving us a five star gives us criticism and we like criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say feel important um you can follow me
2: personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927Pierre. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre, and that's where I will be trying to bring episodes of Buzz Lightyear of Star Command to theaters. <laughs> um, maybe they should. I really liked that show. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> nice. uh, Mary Liz, do you want anyone to follow you anywhere, or you can say no, it's totally fine.
1: No, I'm pretty boring
2: okay fantastic Um, so until next week you can find her playing Harry Potter Wizards Unite in various (laughs) parks and stuff yes in various parks
0: Um, and until next week when we discuss our Disney animated films uh, for the Top 5 Report I'm Drew I'm Peter and we'll see you next week thank you guys for listening